Hi, and welcome to the Granta Podcast. Today, we're delighted to bring you an interview with one of our best of young British novelists for Sanjeev Sahota. Sahota was born in Derby and currently lives in Leeds. His first novel, Ours Are the Streets, was published in 2011. Arrivals, which appears in Granta 123, is an excerpt from his unfinished second novel, The Year of the Runaways, forthcoming from Picador. Here, Sanjeev talks to deputy editor Ella Alfrey about his work, finding Midnight's children in an airport bookshop, and having a day job. Hi, Sanjeev. Thank you very much for coming in today. Um, you've written one novel and are in the process of completing your second book, um, but you didn't start off knowing you wanted to be a writer. Tell me what you wanted to be when you were 10. When I was 10? Um, I don't think I had any idea what I wanted to be when I was 10. I think probably various things were floating around in my head, maybe medicine or journalism or something quite upstanding, maybe. Um, I think yeah, I think I didn't go any further than further than that, and I did um, mathematics at university, so it it wasn't a it wasn't writing wasn't there from the start definitely. And what is it that changed your mind, or that at least led to your first book? I think what got me writing was was reading, perhaps like a lot of a lot of writers, and I started reading novels um, when I was eighteen. I, I read my first novel when I when I was eighteen, and I think it did feel like it was just opened up my eyes to this whole different way of thinking about yourself and thinking about the world and I think once I started reading um, I haven't stopped and then writing came a bit later on. That's really interesting to me as someone who can't remember not not reading and um, I, I want to know who gave you that first book when you were 18 because surely you'd have left school by that point. Yeah we didn't do um, we didn't study any novels at school there was mainly plays and poetry but I was just standing um, at Heathrow Airport about to catch a plane to India and I was in a bookshop and I wanted something to read for that journey and I picked up um, Salman Rushdie's Midnight's Children oh. um, Why? I don't know, maybe because it was first published in the year I was born, I don't know what prompted me to pick them, it was about India so maybe mm-hmm. that's, that's where I was heading but um, I don't know what the initial impetus was But dude, it seems to me quite a quite a brave leap to make from being 18 and picking up your first novel to thinking, I can do this. Is that how it worked? I don't think it was straight when I was 18. I think it was a few years um, of very heavy reading at university when I was reading three or four novels a week. As well as doing mathematics? As well as studying, yeah. Um, Perhaps because, not the sense that I had a lot to catch up on, but I think I just felt I'd, um, you know, there just wasn't enough time in the world to read all these great books I was I was coming across, and then I think it was probably about twenty-five when I thought I naively thought I'd probably read enough. Thought, yeah, I can, I can have a go at this. Was Ours with the St- Are the Streets your first book, or is there another one that we haven't seen that didn't quite make it? Um, there's various drafts of Ours with the Streets that didn't make it. I, I'd do a draft, whereas it wasn't good enough, scratch it and start again. But it all was heading towards a book. Um, called Ours of the Street. Mm. One of the things that struck me about that book was that it, it was a story that felt familiar in that I, I felt I had seen or maybe occasionally talked to the guy that you were writing about, but the voice is completely original. And as I was reading, I wondered quite a lot about other other people who'd be reading it. And you, you mentioned Salman Rushdie and, and that connection of, of seeing a book that's written about India. Do you think it's important for 
readers to be able to pick up books that um, tell them about themselves or that have something familiar to them? I think it's important that readers um, read books that interest them. And I think for me, I'm interested in books about that speak quite directly of the world around me. I think that's what interests me, and that's that's certainly what I tend to look for in books are that in the books that engage me tend to be books that are written about the the, the world that I see when I'm walking around the world, walking about the world. And that that includes sort of the, your your life here in England, but also writing about elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know my parents from India, my grandparents made the journey across in the sixties. And so definitely there's a feeling of heritage there that um, I want to tap into and I want to understand more. So that, that definitely feeds into my writing as well. But your your work seems to me incredibly of the moment, as in, in, in both books, the and certainly in the extract that, that we have in, in this issue of the magazine, you're writing about people who we see now, you know, people who build the, the places that we will end up living in. And so your concerns do seem to be... Um, certainly of the moment and about about our society today. Yeah, that's what grabs me. I really want to, I suppose I do want to understand what's happening in the world and, and I don't think it's you can just purely concentrate on the now. You know, it, it's, its tentacles go back further into history and trying to tap into some of those further back moments and see how they do feed into where we are now. I think that's, yeah, I like that. So you have a full-time day job and a family and you are writing the second novel and coming in to do podcasts and um, I, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about how you fit in a writing life and all of that, including all of this research that I'm sure is involved. Um, well, for Our Love Streets was very much, it was very much written in the evenings and weekends. Um, I take holidays from work so I could, uh, I could write as well and that's probably why it took three, two, three and a half years to, to finish but I think you just, um, I just try and make time. I'm lucky I've got an understanding family that are happy to um, help me do that as well. Um, tell me about the books that you especially loved. We've sort of, you know, talked about the, the kinds of books, but I, I'm, I'm, as you are a fan of Salman Rushdie's, and I, I wondered who, who else sort of informs you as a reader? In terms of contemporary authors or classics? Or Anyone anything? at all, yeah. Um, in terms of classic courses, I've probably got the same load stars as many people. Chekhov, you know, Tolstoy, Dostoevsky, and the Brothers Karamazov in particular. Um, in terms of contemporary authors, I love, um, um, it sounds a bit generic, but Irish authors in particular. I yes. love Anne Enright, Constantine, William Trevor, um, uh, and most probably most of all John McGregor, with his books like The Dark and The Barracks in particular. There's this real sense of just, you know, no one does guilt better than the Catholics, I think, and there's a real sense of just guilt and um, society and religion and kind of um, uh, of a sexual awakening as well in those books that I just think are so tension-filled and so full of conflict, and they just erupt on the page in these really beautiful cadences as well, and um, I think uh, that's brilliant. I love um, a couple of South African authors as well, Damon Gallagher. I thought the um, in the strange room was um, yeah. pretty amazing, yeah. and um, and you know everyone loves Kutsia, so I'm, I'm one of his one of his um, fans as well. You're you're mentioning writers who write English away from England. Do you think that that's a connection for you? Uh, 
never thought of it like that. Um, I think it it may be something to do with the fact that obviously my heritage isn't isn't English. So, um, and I do sometimes wonder. I do, um, but I don't. I have some sort of. I don't tend to get on with historical fiction very well, um, particularly historical fiction set in England or even classic fiction. Um, English classic fiction. I think I, I don't think it's anything about this book. They're clearly amazing novels and amazing writers. I think it's just because I perhaps don't feel that as if I want to have a deeper connection with what they're saying than I do. And I think that probably creates some sort of um, distance in me, and therefore I perhaps do look outside of England to um, um, to feel that kind of closeness to writers. Yes, that, that's really interesting. Um, tell me about outside that writing life then, because I know that you, you work full-time. What do you do when you're not writing? I work for um, a building society as their, one of their product designers. Is it hard being sort of a... a Certainly, you, you can no longer be a closet novelist, but <laughs> <laughs> but is is it is it difficult sort of reconciling a, a, a one career that has to be heavily creative, and one that is entirely practical and and or, um, or is that wrong? I don't find it difficult to. I like I like I like the day job. I like the you know the, the social aspect. There's a lot to be said for being part of a unit, to be part of a team. There's lots to be learned from that as well, um, so I don't find it conflicts with um, the writing side of me either. In a way, I think they complement each other because it's it's good to have something away from writing. Writing, I think, if I was writing all the time, at the exclusion of everything else, I'm I'm not really sure why I'd write about. Sort of providing a balance then, and something something to um, to press back against almost. Yeah. I think yeah. it's experiences that you know when you are in a team, you are working. You've got other stuff to do outside of writing. It can it it can feed the writing in quite a perhaps subtle ways that I perhaps don't even realise. In in um, the the second book, which we've extracted in, in the issue of the magazine, you write about young men from very different places in society. You all end up in England, very much well in the same house, sharing rooms, you know, um, sharing jobs and, and food and everything else. And um, I I just wondered where the inspiration for those people came from. Are, are these people you know, people you've wondered about or just watched? Um, I think when... It's probably difficult when you are... I think anyone in... Um, it's not the best word, but in the Indian community is probably aware of you know, these young men and their lives and how they wake up in the morning at four and go off in, in vans to work on building sites or on fruit farms and then and get collected at night and live this quite an invisible life and there's probably very few people in in say that in the Indian community that aren't aware of it and perhaps on some level aren't tacitly supporting um, mm -hmm. these young men as well in terms of building their building their lives as well so and I suppose I'm just one of those people that is also aware of these men know of them I've heard about their lives um, have met some of them in India um, so yeah it's 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 a world that I'm aware of been watching. Um, I want to go back to the. I, as you can tell, I'm I'm really interested in in the idea of um, sort of voluntarily choosing your own own first novel. Because one of the questions we've we've been asking throughout these podcasts is for people to tell us about an English teacher. And it seems to me that your English teacher was neglectful. <laughs> so um, so maybe we won't ask you to name name the person, but um, I I just I wanted to talk a little bit about about sort of that that. Um, 
Well, that idea of, of sort of having a full education, which obviously it was because we paid you for lots of things, that doesn't include story. Do you feel that there's something lost or do you feel that, you know, one can catch up as you, you, as you obviously found a way to do? Or, or perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps one doesn't necessarily need them. I think some people need stories more than others. I know lots of people, lots of my friends who have never read a novel and they're perfectly well-adjusted, perfectly happy people, leading, you know, leading wonderful lives. Um, but some people, and I'm certainly one of them, do need stories and do find stories, do enrich my lives in the way that nothing else in the world really does. And um, and for people like me, I think as long as there's access to stories, you know, we will find our way to them as long as people... Don't close every down. Don't close on every library. We will find our way to their stories. Yes, um, and and perhaps I think that that point about not closing down the libraries is really important. And and I, I wonder too if perhaps those stories are being found in other places because you know I'm not sure the uh, replacements are any good. The television and and things like that. But I guess that they are. And maybe sort of families telling stories to each other too. Yeah, definitely. I know that when um, I was young, my grandmother used to tell us stories about her travels to this country and that's some of her experiences um, when she first came to this country and those are just stories that have stayed true stories so there definitely is an oral tradition in some communities that probably does still thrive on um, but I, I suppose for me it was the novel that I needed yeah. What year did your grandparents come to England? In 1966 And and what had made them decide to make the move? Oh, well my grandfather came over first um, I think there was um, struggling to make a living in India because they, sorry, they were originally in what is now um, Pakistan. So after partition, they had to, in effect, run for their lives across the border, and so they left their land and everything behind. And when they came over across the border in the late forties, they travelled quite a bit looking for suitable land which they could um, harvest and grow and kind of build a farm. Um, that didn't happen then there was an opportunity for my grandfather to come across to England through a system that was in place at the time where there was they needed I think England needed labour and some sort of voucher token system and so my grandfather came over and then a few years later before um, the rules were changed to stop people calling over their families he got my grandmother in just in time. <coughs> so it's a this is the the third generation of your family that is sort of that is that is British yeah, well, my grandparents were born in India, they came over. My parents were both born in India as well, and they um, came over. And so I'm the first British-born generation. Oh, yeah. and, and just from our earlier conversation, you, you make the journey back and forth um, regularly? Yeah, I'm, I go to India. Um, we've still got a... On my mother's side, there's still a family. My mother's family is still largely over there. And... Got a, well, they've got a farm over there, which in rural Punjab, and yeah, I must go once a year, at least. Do you see, Sanjay? Do you see yourself at, at some point um, making the the writing your all day job? Uh, I'd hope so. As much as I say, I you know, it's you know, the day job is wonderful, and I you know, it's great to be part of a team. Um, I can't imagine anything more beautiful to do with my life than to spend it um, writing every day. Like make, making the, the stories. One of the things that struck me, I think, in, in both 
in both of your books is that I found that I was very drawn to the female characters that you wrote. And um, there's the, the English girl in the first book, okay. and Becca. And in the second book, there is Nina. Nina. Very different women and very odd women, both of them, and and quite quite peculiar characters. And, and I found that I... I really loved both of them and felt that they were they were real and that really interested me because overall your books are very masculine they're sort of very much about men's lives and and how they're finding their way through the world men's minds yeah. men's minds yes especially and um I just wanted you to tell me a little bit about about Nina and and Becca Becca was um I really like Becca I think a lot of people that I read on the streets they say they loved Becca for her her resourcefulness her, her, her toughness, her openness, her kind of her, her sophistication in a way. She's not undaunted. She finds herself pregnant. Yes. I think she's she she looks for ways through. She's um, as I say, resourceful. I think she's just such a a lovely, tenacious person who who does the absolute best that she can, and for as long as she can until he just makes it too difficult for her. Um, and I think she she's great, as I think is her mother actually, Teresa. Yes. And um, Teresa's mother-in-law. I think she's a wonderfully open and kind person. And it was important for me to have characters like that in Indiaza's life because I didn't really want him to have any easy get-out clauses. I want him to have, him to have the supportive um, people around him so I could concentrate solely on what's going on inside us. I didn't want any external factors influencing his decisions too strongly. That's pros and cons of that approach. But also... Um, convinced that I wanted to stay on what's going on inside his mind rather mm. than, you know, having a nagging wife or something. I didn't want. Didn't but that, that sense of no easy get out clause I think is really important because what he plans to do is is something that we all um, are afraid of and and feel afraid of him, as it were. Except that you allow us to know him so well that there's a point where that fear turns into something else, or it starts off as not fear and until it's too late to realise that actually you should be quite afraid. And um, so, yes, perhaps that, that creating those people around him who loved him... And, and why they loved him. And then yeah. hopefully the reader can see those aspects in which I think just complicates him in an interesting way. Yeah. And Nina, the character, Narinda, is her full name, in the second novel, which is unfinished... Um, She's, yeah, she is peculiar. I've not, as I said, not finished that novel, so I'm not, I've not got her totally planned out in my mind. Um, but I think she's quite a, a God-fearing um, woman at the moment, quite pious, and it'll be interesting to see how she uses that piety and how it how it changes. I think I think I've got an idea in my mind, but it may not at all end up being what. <laughs> what ends up in the finished novel. You spoke earlier when we were speaking about the new book about the fact that anyone who's living within a certain community is very familiar with these young men and there's nothing surprising about sort of seeing them or knowing them. Um, and, and yet your your work is sort of very much for, for all readers and I, I wonder if you ever feel as if there's um, something that you can't write. Something that I can't write in what in case in case it loses the readership or yes or, or stories that you feel nervous about telling or has that never bothered you? No, I, I guess starting so. off with something like Ours of the Streets, it's, <laughs> it's going yeah. jumping yeah. in head first. Yeah, no, I've never felt any need to hold my punches. I think I think uh, it's probably what I love 
writing novels in the fact that you can just leave it all on the page um, that there's no really no real need to be afraid because there's there's obviously there's that distance it's, it's these characters it's not you it's these characters mm -hmm. when you know in some quite probably important aspects it is absolutely you but in some yeah. crucial ones you know you but you have got the buffer of the characters I think kind of as 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 almost like another get out clause um, but no I've never felt I need to hold my punch in what I wanted to say mm. and do you have an idea of, of what's coming after the year of the runaways I've got um, a loose idea in my head of of a story and maybe a trilogy I don't know that goes back um, perhaps partly in, inspired by my grandparents and my grandmother in particular maybe starting pre-partition and then coming forward to the present day I think what I really I think what I really want to do what I really want is to write a great novel whether I ever will or, or whether I can or whether I've got the ability I don't know but what I want to do is write a great novel and I think it will um, probably involve me trying to understand them, or what I want to understand is how does being unmoored from your from your country, from your home motherland, from your homeland, what does that do to you and to the generations beyond you as those generations become further and further away from that homeland and yes. to another place, what does that actually do to those generations and I think that's I think that's I've, I've perhaps started that with all the streets, I'm understanding it a bit more in Leo the runaways but I think that's what I really want to try to pin down as, as well as I can. Do you think that there's one answer to that? I, I suspect... <coughs> I'm sure there's not. Just the same way that people said to me, so you're writing with ours on the street, so you're writing a story about why young Muslim men you know, do this. And I thought, well, I'm writing about why one particular Muslim yes. man. I'm sure there's lots of different reasons um, why anyone would um, do that and why different people, there'll be different reasons for every person. So it's the same, I'm sure there's lots of different things probably happen to people as as the generations move away from their homeland um, so yeah but it'd be much good to understand some of those things a bit better actually. yeah it's a good project Sanjeev thank you very much for joining us and congratulations for being on the list thank you very much thank you Thanks for listening to the Granta Podcast, available for free download on iTunes, SoundCloud, and selected British Airways flights. To subscribe to Granta, please visit our website, granta.com slash subscribe.